Hey guys, what's up? It's Izzy. Welcome back to the Chatterbox. How you guys doing? You good? I'm good. Everything's good. <laughs> so today we have a special guest on. His name's Nerd. Hello. How you doing? Alright, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Good. So today what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about leisure, time, free time, etc, etc. How we spend our free time when we're not either working, earning money or working towards... Um, School assignments. That cool with you? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, the most, how much of your time during the week would you say you have free time? Uh, like about how many hours? Not really sure. Like, I don't really have a job at the moment, so okay. really just most of my time outside college. But I spend a lot of it working on like my university application and stuff. Okay, so you spend your free time doing uh, uni apps and stuff like that. Yeah. And my portfolio. Oh, portfolio. What do you put on your portfolio? Um, sort of like film scripts, bits of filming, and um, potential like blueprints for maybe film sets or something. Oh, okay. So just for building credible references for to give to employers when you do start working. Yeah. Cool. Do you work on a showreel at all? Because I know with us, like our tutor Luke, is really pushing us to make a showreel for like final yeah final i've been working year. on a um showreel how's that coming along all right yeah i just need to get um some of my um film footage together from college and a few things from outside of college yeah yeah cool well so other than doing stuff for college so like other than doing university applications or portfolios or showreels or etc etc what else do you do in your free time um Sometimes I watch a uh, film, though I don't watch them as much as I did anymore. Mm-hmm. What uh, what genre of films do you usually go for? Uh, any genre, really. Okay, so your free time primarily is... If you've got free time on your hands, you'll put on a film? Yeah. And why is that? Uh, because I enjoy watching them. Fair enough. Straight to the point? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> do you do anything else in your free time? Um, well, sometimes I um, play Minecraft and I um, have made a few prototypes of film sets on Minecraft. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Talk, talk to me about that. That's actually really cool. Yeah, basically I um, build what I think the uh, set should look like and I maybe like cut a hole in the um, in the wall or something to put like pr- like imaginary cameras in operation, like imagining where the cameras should be positioned for certain shots. Oh, that's amazing. So do you do like an aerial view or a... Um... Yeah, occasionally. So, so oh, I can't think of the word. Basically, look from a person's perspective. I can't speak. Point of view. <laughs> Point of view, per, per perspective. Yeah. Do you do that, or uh, mostly sky view? Different shots, really, like mid shots and um, long shots and stuff. I've tried to work out how to hide like lighting equipment and um, sound equipment and stuff. And you do that all through Minecraft. Uh, yeah. How- how how do you do that then? Obviously, I'm guessing it's on creative mode. Yeah. Because that's easier. But how do you visualize how it's gonna look? Well, um, for um for um cameras, I put down pressure plates which I stand on to imagine that the uh what the camera is looking at. Oh, okay. So you stand on the pressure plate to and look straight ahead as if you were the camera. Yeah. Okay. So you can see what the camera. I also have the um. I also have um, armor stands to represent people operating these cameras. Nice. So you really, you really think it through. Yeah. That, that's sick. Like, seriously sick, dude. Thanks. Nice. 
So what type of console do you play Minecraft on? Is it uh, a computer or PC? PC. <laughs> also, um, better than playing it on Xbox, in my opinion. But <laughs> I've also built like um sets to represent. I've also done like green screens made out of green clay to represent okay. where I'd put like certain backgrounds in. Okay, so you're just being innov- innovative with the resources you have yeah. using Minecraft. Yeah, that's really cool, and it's. It, it gives a good visual as to what could be on an actual real life set. Yeah. So that's really cool. I've never even thought about using Minecraft for that because whenever I'm thinking of like stuff for school, I'm always I have a notepad and I always sketch it out like in in pencil. Even though I have Minecraft available to me, I've just never thought about doing it like that. So that's really cool, actually. No comment from you? Um, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's fine. So do you do anything else? Like, do you... Like, I know you go on Minecraft for reasons to help plan your sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you do Minecraft just for fun? Like, not on creative yeah, mode? Yeah, sometimes I do it for uh, fun as well. How often do you spend on Minecraft? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I don't play it as much as I did. But I've tried to create um replicas of fictional buildings and stuff. Or okay. real life buildings. Okay, so you play primarily on creative mode. Yeah. I think I do have a few survival worlds, but I've not played them in a while. Fair enough. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I went through a big phase of playing Minecraft nearly every night. But because <laughs> I grew up and I was like, oh yeah, I've got stuff to do. I haven't played it as much as much, yeah, nearly as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, how about like music or podcasts or radios? Like, do you listen to any of that? Uh, I do sometimes listen to music. Yeah. What type of music are you into? Um, any kind really. <laughs> that 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 really broadens. That really limits. Like, what are your specific types of songs? Like, if you could pick up any artist right now, what would it be? Um, I'm not really sure. A lot of people do produce good music and good songs. Yeah. So you're really just an all-round guy? Yeah. You have no particular? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting you say that because I am an all-round person too. So if there's very few songs, if someone plays, that I'm going to yell at them and say, turn that off, I can't stand it. So if anybody puts any song on, I'll listen to them and I'll enjoy the song. But the type of songs that I primarily have, like on my phone, that are at my disposal, I it's mostly... Um, electronic house music club music you know heavy bass music mm-hmm. is there a, ty- a specific type of genre on your phone or um, I don't really have that much music on my phone to be honest okay so what do you you don't listen to music on your phone no I listen to it on YouTube and stuff oh okay so you you use it mostly you listen to music at home so not on the yeah. bus to school on, at home mostly yeah okay and when you're listening to the music at home what are you doing? Are you just sitting and listening to the music and chilling and just getting fully immersed in the music or are you doing something else as uh, well? That or, or I'm like multitasking on my computer or something. Okay, so what would you be doing on your computer? Uh, maybe like typing a few things down on stuff. Okay, so having it playing on the background while you're working. Mm-hmm. Or building a um, a very plain floor plan in Minecraft or something. Nice, so that'll be on the background and you'll be doing something else on your computer. Yeah. Fair enough. Like something that doesn't really require as much concentration. 
Okay, so you wouldn't use it for an assignment? You wouldn't have music on in the... Ass- sometimes I do have music on for assignments, actually. Yeah? Like, sometimes it can actually, like... Yeah. Relax you? Yeah. But you, you said sometimes, so do you primarily not have music on when you're writing assignments? Uh, not much, no. Why is that? Only sometimes. Like, sometimes I think, like, music can keep me focused, but other times it might distract me or something. Okay, so why... why so it's because you don't want to get distracted is why you pr- usually don't have music on. Yeah. Fair enough. That makes total sense. <laughs> um, so you don't read, you don't do anything like that, this, that, the other. Because for me, for instance, in my free time, um, I'll sit in my room and I'll read or I'll do some writing for my book because both of those are a really big part of my life like people say I inhale my books because I go through them so quickly uh but then also I can just sit down and write for about three hours straight not realizing I was writing for three hours straight mm-hmm. so do you do you do do you do anything like that I do occasionally write um bits of film scripts yeah you're pretty good at film scripts I read some of your scripts did you what did you think um the ones that I have read and I can mention on here they're really good the the uh what was it red velvet blue velvet something that you wrote last year or beginning of this school year what was that um i'm not sure actually okay well i read the one that you've just done obviously i can't say that because that is content i'm not allowed to say on this podcast Mm -hmm. but it was good it was funny and something you could easily make something for it and the other scripts that you have written, I can't remember what they what they were about or what they were called now, but they're really good. You have a real talent. Thank you. <laughs> and you were at uh, where is it? The place near college. Um, BFI. Yes, you went to Broadway, didn't you? Yeah, to do a uh, a uh, course. And what was on that course? Um, it was basically learning about like filmmaking we also were split into groups and we um worked on our own films based on three different scripts that we submitted right okay tell me more about that uh basically we were all asked to write a uh, script for a short story and the three that were selected were um made into um into short films that we were put into groups of Mm -hmm. groups of how many um i think there was about six or seven of us in every group and how many groups were there uh three oh well so it was a big group of people that joined the bfi yeah there was a, yeah, 20 people got selected. Oh, so you had to get selected? You couldn't just... Yeah, you had to, like, apply. And if they, like what they did, they chose you. So you had to, like... Almost like you had to audition with your scripts, and then if they liked your scripts, you could come in? Uh, yeah, I submitted scripts. I think other people submitted, like, works of film they'd done. Cool. So you said you were working on film at the BFI... So you were filming for the BFI as well as filming for Confetti? Uh, yeah. How did that work? Because, like, I'm... Well, confetti gave a, gives a lot of stuff for us to film, and there's a lot of us stuff for us that we need to film. So how did you find time to... Well, there was actually only um two days of filming for the BFI thing. Compared to Confetti, which is how many? Actually, I think, like, most of the stuff we film at Confetti is only, like, filmed in, like, one or two days. You mean like for assignments? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I mean, um, one of the assignments we had to um keep reshooting. I think like Which assignment something was wasn't that? working properly. Which assignment was that? 
Um, the um, the Swede one where you had to recreate a scene. Oh, right at the beginning of the first yeah. year. Okay. Where did things go wrong then? Like, I think um, a piece of equipment wasn't working when we tried to uh, shoot the scene from Fight Club the first time. Yeah. Then I think we shot it again, and then the next day we shot it again for some reason. I can't remember why that was. So just for some reason stuff kept going wrong and you just yeah. needed to get it right. Yeah. Fair enough. So on average then, f- filming for you... For um, for s- filming for college, you'll take about one to two days to film everything for an assignment. Um, yeah, that's usually because that's um, it's a short subject or something. Okay, but what about for the music video? How long have you spent filming for that? Um, we um spent a few days shooting for it. Yeah. A few days. Yeah. Okay, so in total, do you know how many days? Or um, it, it's fine if you don't. I'm just trying to. Can't actually remember now. Okay, so. And you said, so you said a few days for this assignment, and then for BFI, it was only one or two days? Uh, yeah. Did you have to edit the stuff for BFI? Uh, no, I didn't edit it. Did someone else in your group edit it? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay, so you would shoot it, and then someone else in your group would edit it, and then you submit it as a group? Uh, actually, we were all, we were all there on the day of shoot. Yeah. And I think one of us was the editor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we all submitted it for the, um, for the public screening. Oh, nice. How did that go? Yeah, we got, um, we sold out. On your, um, on your shoot for your, uh, for your project that you shot? All the, um, all three films were, um, were at the same screening. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was screened in the big cinema, which is the screen number one. In BFI? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we managed to sell 200 tickets. That's amazing. Although it was also, it had to be for free, I think, because of, like, the funding or something. Yeah. But yeah, we managed to get a... You um, were still able to get 200 people yeah. in the stadium, uh, yeah. in the audience. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How long was these films? Because you said there were three films, so I'm guessing... I think they were only about each. like five minutes each. Oh, so it was a short film. Yeah. So similar to what we did last school year for our last assignment? Yeah. So you were in the process of making two short films at once? Uh, no, actually, we did all this in like... We filmed it in December and it was shown in March. Mm, okay. But isn't that similar times as the short film last year? Oh, yeah, I suppose it is, but, like, it wasn't at the same time. Oh, did we get the assignment after you had already? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. Cool. So, yeah, how how did you get into filmmaking? Because I know you're pretty passionate about that. Well, yeah, I've been... um. Like I've been interested in writing since um since I was about seven or something. Writing in what way? Like just writing stories, really. Okay, so creative writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I wanted to go into like film when I was about eleven or something. How did you make that decision at such a young age? I don't know. Like I just found myself interested in making films. Mm-hmm. And like trying to write scripts and stuff, and I think yeah, I have um gotten much better at it in um recent years well it's practice isn't it and also you're maturing you're getting older so you're not doing childish writing you're actually doing writing that yeah can relate to people Mm -hmm. and is coherent to people yeah so what's the next step for you then um well i'm gonna try and um put some my um film related stuff towards um university applications yeah so doing showreel making portfolio stuff like yeah. that but I mean after that like after college university is definitely something for you 
Yeah. And if I uh, don't get into uni, I'll probably like take a gap year or something and then maybe apply again the following year. What would you do in that gap year? Uh, I might try and get a, a full-time job or something. Apprenticeship or like just a job? Probably just a job. So something like serving and waitering. Yeah. For example, or working at the cinema again, for example. Yeah. Just to earn some cash? Yeah. Cool. You wouldn't think about starting into an apprenticeship for a film company or a TV show? Or I've never looked into apprenticeships, actually. Why not? Just haven't got around to it? or Yeah, never really got around to it. Would that be something that you would be interested in? Yeah, I might look into it. Cool. What kind of stuff would you be more interested in? TV or film? Um, TV or film? Film. Film? Why is that? I think, like, with... um. I think if you're, like, writing TV shows, you have to, like, come up with, like, different ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. And you've got to try and fill out, like, a cert- you've only got, like, a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, it could either be too long or too short. With films, you don't really have that limit. You can make it as long or short as you like. Okay, so with films, you have more creative measure yeah. measurements instead of, uh, with TV, more restricted time sets, more yeah. restricted. Okay. That is fair enough. What and in film, if you could create any film, and if you, I'm guessing you want to go into film as your profession, right? Yeah. What would you want to be? A director, producer, writer, and director. Writer and director. Okay, so what do you normally write then? Like what genre? Um, I write like different genres, but um, mainly I tend to usually write like realistic dramas. Okay, so you wouldn't go into documentaries or fiction, you would do realistic dramas. Well, it is like, it is, they are mostly fictional, but yeah, they intend to be like realistic and stuff. Okay. But are they based on, like, are they factual? Are they based on real events or is it? Uh, Some of them are based on true stories, yeah. Okay, so you would do a mix of fiction and non-fiction. Well, I mean, like, the characters and story are fictional, although, like, they're sort of, like, inspired by real, real events, events in my life, yeah. Oh, okay, so a mix between the two, but in a real-life situation? Yeah. Okay, so not completely staged, this, no. that, and the other. So more natural flowing? Yeah. Cool. So that would... I think that would f- fall under the genre of drama, wouldn't it? Yeah. For the filming. You Why wouldn't you do something like documentaries or comedy or romance or... Well, I might do, like, a documentary if I can come up with an interesting idea. What would an interesting idea for you be? I think, like, discussing something that's going on, really. It's going on in the world? Yeah. Like politics? Yeah, mostly. How would you come up about making a documentary like that? That's the thing. I would need to, like, look into the actual events, maybe, like, get, um interview people about it mm-hmm. get like s- try and acquire stock footage and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and record a new footage like interviews and I have like a narration or a voiceover or something okay and when we were talking about documentaries last year what type of do- documentary would it be would it be poetic or linear non-linear or I'm not sure. Is it just whatever fits? Yeah, whatever, really. Whatever fits the subject that you're talking about? Yeah. Fair enough. I think, like, in terms of, like, subgenres, like, some of my um, scripts are romances. Like, they have romantic elements in them. And why? why? Is it because you 
just like writing romance or well, do you find it easy? Because I find fantasy, for me, when I write, a lot easier than to write any other genre. So I tend to stick with fantasy. I think, like, in terms of romance, I think often, like, the love story sort of, like, fits in with the main story. Like, one of my uh, scripts is a, um, is a drama, but mm-hmm. it's also got a... Um, Romantic theme to it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, there's a, um, a plot point about love in it that ties in with it all. Cool. So to make it feel more of a natural yeah. feel to it? Fair enough. So um, is that your favourite genre to read or to watch? Like dramas, but with a bit of romance in? I like um comedies as well. Okay. So my question is then, why don't you write comedies? Because I... Personally, I write what I'm... I'm not as interested in films as I am reading, but my go-to genre for reading books is fantasy and stuff like that. Fantasy fiction, um, mystical creatures, whatever, whatever. So I tend to write about that more often than not because I like reading it and I would feel like I have a lot of different inspirations because I read a lot of that genre. Does that make sense? Yeah. So why don't you do comedy? Because if you're interested in watching comedy. Well, I do like I do like watching comedies, though I'm not like I don't find myself like writing about them as much. Like I think what I write usually has like emotional depth to it. There is a bit of comedy in some of them, but I mm-hmm. think most of them are mainly dramas. So you don't write anything with with the sight for it to be a comedy. You don't sit down and be like, right, I'm going to make a comedy script now. No, you apart think from drama. Apart from like an occasional comedy sketch or something. Like a small thing, but not an entire yeah. script. Yeah. Fair enough. Anything else you want to say? Um, I think like another um, genre of film I've written is um yeah. is a um sort of like a thriller that um is sort of like an anti-violent thing. Explain that to me. Like. It's How can a thriller be anti-violent? Well, it's sort of like suspenseful in a way. Yeah. But it's also like trying to show like it's not trying to glamorize violence. It's trying to show like how like how horrifying it all is and stuff. And like it's it's meant to be like symbolic at times. Like it's basically like what can happen behind closed doors. Like I want it to like stick in the audience's minds to sort of like put them off it all. Do you have an example? Um like as to what could happen behind closed doors that you want people to um, stick in mind. The idea that um that you might know someone and they might seem like a really nice person, but they could be like an absolute psychopath behind closed doors. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so so would that be to raise awareness or for entertainment purposes? Well, it's not really the kind of thing you're meant to like. It's meant to be sort of like a depiction of like the dark sides of life okay so more to raise awareness and let people know that this is what's happening yeah this is could be the person that i I think that's kind of like what quentin tarantino was aiming for when he made reservoir dogs like he wanted it to be Mm -hmm. disturbing because it was like an anti-violent film okay so i haven't seen that film actually to be honest it's a really good movie would you suggest it yeah what's it called uh reservoir dogs reservoir dogs by quentin tarantino yeah all right i'll have about a um about an attempt um a robbery that um goes really badly it's told in a non-linear story yeah and they end up trying to hide inside a um a warehouse while trying to work out how to resolve the issue of one of them being shot while trying to escape okay and that's the entire movie 
Um, like it's all based around that plot point. Yeah, basically a botched up diamond heist, and their nice. attempts to try and escape with the diamonds alive. Fair enough. That sounds actually really interesting, and it does sound like a Quentin Tarantino type of movie. Yeah. Like like one main plot point and quint and other stuff circling that plot point. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice, yeah. Any you said you still on the topic of films. You said yesterday you said today, sorry, that you watched um Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of what's it? Crimes Grindelwald. of Grindelwald. Yeah. How did you find that? I'll be honest, like I think it's disappointing that so much effort went into making it when the script is just an absolute mess. It just didn't seem very coherent or interesting. You didn't think so? No, it seemed more it seemed more obsessed with setting up sequels than actually telling a coherent story. I mean, it was a good movie, but it could have been better. I feel like it was a good movie, it was put together, it was shot together very well. It was just I think the technical aspects are amazing. The story's not. Okay. Well, one thing you have to keep in mind is it's a middle film. It's it's like watching the second hobbit or the second lord of the rings you have no idea what's going on beforehand and you have no idea as to what's going on later it's to set up for the later films because isn't there going to be five films total of fantastic beasts uh there might be yeah yeah i think i read something that there was going to be five so but i think with like the lord of the rings movies like the first one kind of like gives the setup and the other two films sort of like continue this ongoing story lord of the rings yeah like, it's telling a coherent story throughout. Yeah, but I think The Crimes of Grindle, uh, Fantastic Beasts, will tell a coherent story. I just think we haven't got to the part where it's got to that story, if that makes sense. Because the first one ran very smoothly, flowed very well from one subject to the next. But I feel with Crimes of Grindelwald, even though, like, I'm indifferent, I've got pros and cons about Crimes of Grindelwald. Because I think it was done very well, but it was almost like, okay, this plot point, this plot point, and this plot point has to be in it. Let's go. Plot point A. Okay, that's done. Plot point B. So there was very, I feel like there was very little connections between the two plot points, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we just need this information to put into the film just to make sense, if that makes sense Yeah. to you. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Because you said the script wasn't very good. Yeah, I just think, like, the script is a mess. Like, there are too many storylines, and they're actually not that interesting. They left a lot of stuff open for questions. Like, no spoiling, by the way, but, like, at the end, when one of the characters turned out had a, a name of someone else, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like, how? how? How is that relevant? How Like, how how has that come in? But... And yeah, I found I found the villain really forgettable. You, Grindelwald doesn't stick in your mind. No, not really. Why? I don't know. I just I just found him kind of a bland character. In what way? I don't know. I just couldn't remember much about him. So right now, if I was to say describe him, you couldn't. Not really. No. <laughs> Other I think than the fact that it's Johnny Depp with white hair, really. And two different eye colors. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing two different contacts to give him a brown eye and like a glass eye, white eye kind of look. Did you notice that? Yeah. 
It's a cool character, though. He is a cool character. I think... I don't know if this is a spoiler, because obviously I don't know the rest of the movies, but I think it's leading up to Grindelwald being a Lestrange. Like, being the father of Bellatrix Lestrange. Or a descend, uh, descendant, uh, not descendant, ancestor from Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, it could be. Because ever since, from the start of the film, they were talking about how the Raven is Lestrange's family symbol. Yeah. Um, but there was... But then looking at Grindelwald when he was calling his followers with the black sheets over the buildings, they all had the ravens on. Or on the map, they had the raven on. And the raven, where where they were, was actually in the stranger's family tomb. So. Yeah. What do you think? On that analogy. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> you don't think it is, though? Or are you just... You, you don't know. You're indifferent because you don't know the facts and you weren't a f- huge fan of the film. No, it could be possible. But, like, is there anything else to say f- for you to say about that? Not really sure, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Ned was talking to me about the thriller he was talking about earlier, but he didn't want to say it on air. Fair enough, because he gave away... A lot of spoilers. Well, actually, I suppose like I can describe it without giving away spoilers. Do like you do that? the Go main storyline. Yeah, it. it's not exactly a very pleasant thing, but I intended on making it like so that people would hate it. I want people to say it's good, but also hate it because it's not pleasant. I want like the content to stick in people's minds. Why would you want someone to hate it? Like sort of like the way like I say I want people to hate it because like yeah, it's not exactly like covering very pleasant material. Okay, so you want them just to not like the subject. Yeah. Okay, so you want them to to get aware of the subject that this is a bad thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So hate it but love it, or hate it but ex- acknowledge how well you've put it together. Yeah. So that one. Mm. Fair enough. Could you could you give? Do you know the title of it yet? Um, yeah, it's called the um, the Irish Laws. Irish it's, Laws. It's um, set in um, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Just before the um, legalization of abortion in Southern Ireland, it's about a um. What a time is that? Like, do you know about the date of that? Um, it's set like in 2018. Okay, so present time. Okay. Yeah, it's about a um, a um, an office worker who um, who is good friends with our um colleague. Are you going to talk about, like, I I. I, if you want to talk about it, I'm not going to stop you, but I also know you said just now that you don't want to give away spoilers. It's not a spoiler, it's okay. just the main plot line. Go for it, go for it. I didn't I didn't know if you were going to give a spoiler. So I'm not going to give spoilers. Okay. But yeah, it's about a um an office worker who's um whose friend and colleague turns out to be a violent psychopath who um he basically manages to break into a house and rape her a few times and um eventually she becomes pregnant and she goes insane from it all. But um, it's suggested by a therapist that she travels to um England to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And while she's out of the country, her husband begins to learn about about the um the rapist's psychopathic nature. Right. And he begins trying to plan to kill him in response. Oh my gosh! Okay, um, <laughs> that got very dark very quick. I didn't hear about is, that, but it is quite dark. Uh, that so that's a very controversial topic. Yeah, you've got. I'm not gonna list them again because you've just said but you've got a lot of 
things that are taboo in the sense people don't talk about them. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I want to provoke strong reactions to it. Like, I want people to remember it because, like, it's covering, like, really... Strong issues. Yeah. Okay. So, you want to make a positive-negative impact. Yeah. So, you want people to get have positive thoughts about the techniques and the filming and have a positive thinking towards you but a negative aspect towards the film in the sense of towards what the film is representing yeah interesting because it's so taboo subjects Mm. like i'm expecting like i want like the reaction to be that um that people acknowledge how well made it is but they but they hate it because of like because of like what it's covering like it's not really something you're meant to enjoy and what are people meant to enjoy um well, I think, like, they're meant to enjoy, like, things that are, like, not as, like, disturbing in the sense, like, it's not really, like, it's not a black comedy until, like, I don't know, the very end of it is sort of, like, gearing more towards black comedy to relieve the viewers of, like, of what they just watched. But mm-hmm. aside from that, it's meant to be a commentary on what can happen behind closed doors. So what goes on when no one's looking? Well, yeah, sometimes it's also, like, the message that someone you like might turn out to be an absolute psychopath. Yeah. Behind, cl- yeah, like they might seem like a, yeah, a nice person, but behind closed doors, they could be like one of the most evil people ever. It's like what do you watch YouTube like other than music? But do you watch like Shane Dawson on YouTube? Uh, no. Okay, because it was interesting you saying that because he he recently put on a out a series on YouTube called the 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 Mind of Jake Paul or something, mm-hmm. basically calling Jake Paul a sociopath. Or psychopath, uh, a sociopath, yeah. And they were saying, and Shane talked to a, a psychologist, like a professional psychologist, and she said, like, one in twenty-four people you meet is a psycho, um, psychopath mm-hmm. or sociopath. And that was like, it blew my mind because of the how they are portrayed and how they portray themselves to people. It's an interesting topic, but a very dark topic. <laughs> Talking about sociopathic people, sociopathic tendencies. So I'm going to put pause on that theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, talk to me about films. Because when in class, for instance, you whenever I talk to you and we talk about films, you're so into filming you're so into these films that you go off on a tangent for like 20 minutes and it's great not a negative tangent if Mm -hmm. that makes sense not like a rant yeah but just you go off because there's so much you want to talk about it you you are so passionate about this that or the other and you talk about it for 20 30 minutes easily and i find it great that you can have such passion talking about anything like that Mm -hmm. so tell me talk to me about films well yeah, I mean, I enjoy trying... I, I, I want to um, go into making films, and I also enjoy watching them. Okay. Yeah, so 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 when you're watching films, do you have a mindset of someone who's just watching a film, or do you analyse the camera movement? That yeah, I sort of, like, analyse what makes it good or bad. Okay, and to you, what makes a film good? Um. Yeah, mainly having a good script. Okay, so that's the key thing for you? Yeah. Also, when there's a good sense of direction, and uh, obviously, what do you mean by sense of direction for people who don't study film? 
like right. just so they can understand what you're talking about i think like people who um know like what kind of like what kind of a vision to put into the film like what what they want the impact to be yeah okay so what else do you analyze them um well i think like a film does need to have good sound so that so, so a good score yeah the music behind it yeah what makes it a good score like to you obviously this is all personal preference and it's not a guidebook rule by rule but to you what makes a good score i think like a good score like mainly music like you should have music that um is um well paced and sort of like fits the tone or atmosphere of the film mhm like so give me a film that you've watched recently not crimes of grindelwald because we've already talked about that but I think what I've watched recently. Uh, I recently watched um, Wildlife. Which one's that one? Uh, Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's directing it? Uh, Paul Dano. What's it about? Uh, it's about the um, a um, a teenage boy who's um, whose parents split up, and he tries to work out what is um, what his mom is saying to him during this. Okay. And he also works as a um, in a Photoshop. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. So, how did... I'll I'll look it up. I'll watch it later tonight. But how has... Was that a good movie to you? Uh, yeah, it was a really good movie. Alright, so t- talk to me. Explain to me how that was a good movie for you. Well, I do think it the, had... Um, as a whole. So, not just one particular thing, but as a whole. Yeah, I do think it had um a really good script. The performances are amazing. and Good. So, good actors, good script. Yeah. Anything else? And, yeah, the cinematography is really nice. How? Like, there are, like, occasional tracking shots that sort of, like, fit in with telling the story. Yeah. That very last shot in the um in the film is, is very nice to look at. What is the shot? Um, basically, well, I don't really want to give it away, that's the thing. But Just... I do think it's very well lined up, and it sort of, like, brings it to a good conclusion. Just des- des- just describe it. It... it... It's not a spoiler because you're not giving any information behind that shot. But how is that shot nice? Like the idea that um, they're sort of like lined up, sitting in front of a um a camera, and the um the yeah, the picture is taken on the camera. Yeah. And they're sitting right in front of it, and it's sort of like, what's it called? I don't know. Like the idea that um, the um video camera is also the photo camera and it's looking at the um at the actors first pov first point of view could be that yeah uh, exp- exp- is the camera acting as a character looking at another character or well no so what what do you mean then by that camera angle what do you mean by it like it's as if like the camera that's taking the picture mm. is also the the um the camera filming everything. Oh, so in the end shot there's someone actually taking a photo. Yeah. Okay. And well, actually no, I think he um he sets up the uh camera to take the picture. Like you get like those cameras where um where someone sets it up to take the picture and then they go into the picture and it snaps it. Okay. I think I get what you mean. But basically editing technique has made that possible or is it just the filming technique or i think yeah it's the filming technique okay fair enough cool what what else is the to like about that film 
And I think it's mainly the um, the acting and the uh, screenplay. So the acting and the screenplay is what makes it a good film? Yeah. So there's nothing about the score or the post, um, post-production or anything like that that catches the eye? I don't think the music or the editing really, like, stand out to me as much as, as um, films like, like the editing in Baby Driver, which is synced up to the music. So the Baby, Baby Driver shows um, non-diegetic and diegetic sounds? Yeah. Okay, so, and this, but Baby Driver was amazing for its score. It was phenom- phenomenal. Yeah. The songs that they chose, it was great. Yeah, and they had it all like synced up and it was timed really well. Baby Driver for me is literally just a high school musical for petrol heads. <laughs> That's the thing. I think <laughs> That's the, what I thought. The things that really stand out to me about like Baby Driver is the um is the cinematography and the and the um the way it's all synced up, the choreography and the direction. What did you like best about Baby Driver? The opening chase scene. The opening chase scene? Yeah. Uh, and that's a... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, the way they sync up bell bombs with the um with the um various shots and the um the car chase is just awesome. And we also get a a really good scene after that where where you see baby going for coffee and there's a load of like visual aspects put in and it's all like timed up really well. Mhm. Okay. So you so 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 blah. I'm terrible. My wo- I keep stumbling over my words. Um, so you liked, you like it when music syncs up with the film very well. Yeah. And when it fits. Like, I actually don't think I've really, like, seen it before. Like, the music actually being synced up. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it has happened, but it doesn't stand out to me as much as that film. But yeah, I think, like, they should pick, like, good music that, um, that sort of, like, fits with the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Or, like, compose good music that fits. So, like, what happened with Baby Driver? Well, I think with that one, they sort of, like, used licensed they use pre-existing songs yeah like i don't think they really created like much of an actual like musical score for it they just use like pre-existing songs well would you say that's better or worse for films to do that then well i think it works with a yeah i do with actually baby driver pre-existing songs work but on a regular on a uh, on any other film would you suggest having songs made specifically for that film? Would you say that's better? Well, sometimes it can work, and, like, sometimes if you use pre-existing songs, well, it can work. Like, they use um, the times they are changing for the opening credits of Watchmen, and it fits Mm -hmm. in really well, because it's going, like, across several decades. Yeah. So, if you were making a film, would you have pre-existing songs, or would you get someone to create a score, to create the songs for specifically that movie, that scene, that... This little time lapse, this little time in the movie, for example. I might get like someone to um, compose a score for it if um, I thought music was needed. When is music not needed in a film? Well, I think, um, well, actually, I think like music should be used like during like montage sequences and stuff, or like scenes where characters aren't really talking because it sort of like fits in with like what's going on. So you think, other than that, they should have no score? I think no some, music. I think like. Having music when characters are talking can sometimes distract from it. But the music is usually a background and usually not with lyrics. It's just background noise just to add to the scene, to add to the atmosphere. Yeah, I think sometimes it adds really well to the scene. I think in other scenes there shouldn't really be music. All right, give me a film and a scene in which you th- there was music and you think that wasn't necessary, needed. I'm actually struggling to think of these. 
<laughs> I could think of one where the music was actually really good. Like I think okay, what was that? the ending scene in American Beauty, like it has a um a narration from Kevin Spacey as long as, as well as the um sort of like piano music and mm-hmm. I thought that tied in really well together mm-hmm. as well as sort of like showing a a montage of characters reactions to things and sort of like a um sort of like the main character's past. You've watched a lot of films, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> In this year alone, in 2018, how many films do you think you've watched? Because I'm just listening to you, and it's like, not just on this podcast in class too, you're always talking about one film or another, and I'm like, and I'm always curious, how often do you watch these films? Because you just have like an encyclopedia knowledge of films, and and a specific film too. So if I was saying to, if I mentioned a film that came out four years ago, can't think of one now but providing you had seen it you you would have a breakdown for it from start to finish so how do you do it how do you how many films do you watch and how often to have this encyclopedic knowledge well um when i did the um bfi course i got a um a free pass so i could see as many films as i liked with it at the bfi studio uh yeah at the cinema fair enough and how many films on that course did you watch i may have watched about 40 using that pass and how long was the course duration uh it was um five months so 40 i can't uh so you said five months so that so over the course of well that's how long the pass lasted yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. the um the so course finished in february and my um pass lasted until the end of march so over the course of 20 weeks you watched 40 films something like that yeah something like that that is mental to think. Yeah, I watched um a lot of the um best picture nominated films like The Shape of Water. So you watched a lot of um awarded films. Yeah. Why? Why did you target those films in particular? Well, really I just like watched any film that was on just to see if it was good. To make your own opinions about yeah. it. Yeah. Do you speaking of making own opinions, do you make opinions based or make opinions based on whether or not you're going to watch a film on uh credits and on reviews or do you make your own thought like i'm not going to listen to those guys i'm going to watch the film myself and yeah i often do watch the film myself to have like my own opinion of it so if there was a bad review and a couple bad reviews would you say i'm not going to watch that film or are you going to be like oh okay it's clearly bad i'm not going to watch it well, no, I might, like, watch it anyway, but I think if it gets bad reviews, I might, like, try and, like, watch it on TV or get a cheap DVD or something. So not pay cinema price for it. Yeah. Which is another thing. Cinema prices, oh, my gosh, they're inflating so much. Mm. And I think it's pointless because why would you spend so much money to buy a ticket, maybe to buy food and drink, when you can stream it for nearly as good as quality online in the comfort of your own home? Well, I don't really tend to um, watch films online because, like, I don't know, like, certain sites could give you viruses or something. I mean, like, Netflix or Amazon Prime. Like, proper streaming sites. Well, I think with streaming sites, you often have to wait until they until they, like, come on DVD or something. Yes, but sometimes... Th- yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but, I mean... But also, if you watch a film in the cinema, you can sort of, like, get a proper experience of it. What do you mean by proper experience? Like surround like, sound speaker? Yeah, a bigger screen can often equal like feeling more part of the experience, like gravity. Mm-hmm. 
I think if I watch Gravity on like my laptop or something, it probably wouldn't have the same effect as watching it in 3D at the cinema. Because it's not surrounding you? No. Fair enough. And yeah, actually, I just thought of another example. Like, Shape of Water, I think, uses music really well. Okay. And why, 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 why? One, two, three, four, five. Why do you think it uses the audio and music very well? I mean, actually, I think, like, it makes sense for them to use, like, a lot of music throughout certain scenes because um, Sally Hawkins' character only speaks with sign language. Yeah. So there's not really any dialogue from her. Yeah. So you've got to fill in yeah. spots from her. I think, like, having, like, sort of, like, gentle music fills in. And like that ending, that ending scene with the with the closing narration, I think the music sort of like fits in with the narration. Mm-hmm. So, what about the film? I haven't seen it, but the thriller horror of oh, what's it called? Silence or something like that. Um, I think is that a Martin Scorsese? Yeah, the new one that's just come out. I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay. Well, basically, I can't remember what it is, what it's called, but you know the film I'm talking about. Yeah. The, it's no audio whatsoever. There's audio, but there's no music in the background because they have to live in complete silence because of monsters. So the people talk in sign language. You, you Literally all you hear is what the people would hear, like the characters would hear. So creaking of the floorboards or like this noise if they're moving their hands, for instance, or rustling their clothing. There is no audio whatsoever. And I think that's an amazing thought process. because Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense because of the type of movie that it is. And I am a total wimp when it comes to horror films, thrillers. I try to stay away from them. But I would want to watch it to see how that film made was made. Because I've watched reviews... Not reviews. I've watched... Um, the making of this that and the other and i've seen some reviews of the story and i thought the concept of it was really interesting so it's it got me to the point where i was like maybe i will watch a horror movie a thriller movie just one time to see how this was made because it's it no pun intended but it sounds brilliant if that makes sense yeah would you watch it yeah why haven't you yet Sorry, I don't understand the question. Why haven't you watched the film yet? Just because you didn't have time what, to? What, the film Silence? Um, or whatever. I've never actually got around to watching it. I don't know. Like It does actually sound quite interesting, and I do like Martin Scorsese. I think it came out last month, didn't it? Or the month before that? I think it's been out for a while, actually. Really? Yeah, I think it came out in like 2016 or something. No, this is one that's come out very recently. Maybe we're talking about different films. It is Martin Scorsese, isn't it? Um, I can't remember now. I'm going to have to look it up. But that we can talk about afterwards because it's 58 minutes and our time is up, basically. Okay. So you and I will talk about this as soon as we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guys, that's it for our podcast. Um, sorry, it was basically around films. If you're not interested in films... Sorry. Tune in next time. Hopefully it won't be about films. Um, do you have anything left to say, Ned? Uh, not really, no. Nothing? Nope. Do you want to plug yourself, give your Instagram or whatever? Um, if you want to. Yeah. Go for it. So my Instagram is um, ned.graviak. 
How do you spell Grobiak? Uh, G-R-A-B-I-E-C. It's Great Polish. Oh, fair enough. All right. So that was Ned. Ned, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. And I'll see you guys next week.